You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Let's welcome a to a wonderful medical files program. And I can tell you, you know, when you talk about this program, I know many of you listen to it very attentively. Now, you know, a birth that occurs before the 37th week of pregnancy, a pregnancy normally lasts about 40 weeks. Some risk factors for, pre, uh, for a premature birth includes having a previous premature birth and being pregnant with a multiples. But, you know, this is fascinating when a child comes into the world prematurely. And uh, this week I saw a doctor, a doctor, you know, holding a, pre- a premature baby in his hands. But the baby looked so happy in his hands as if to say, doctor, you know why? I came out early from the womb because I wanted to be in your lovely soft hands. Well, we welcome a doctor. Yes, Aridwan Umar, a pediatrician, uh, back onto the platforms of Amarka Sahaba. Let me greet you all both with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, Dr. Aridwan Umar, how are you doing this fine and beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brother Shafat, alhamdulillah, after listening to you, I'm feeling even better than what I was feeling before I heard you. Alhamdulillah, I always look forward to your introduction and uh, jazakallah khair for that uh, very warm introduction. I tell you absolutely, you write my uh, introductions uh, out, you know, with your presence, uh-huh. not only at hospital, but also wherever you go, you leave an indelible impression. Whoever you meet, uh, they always, you know, they on your, they, they look out for you, and there's always a word in season for you of happiness. I mean, uh, you know, you've inherited something from somewhere, and I don't know where you got it from, but uh, perhaps you can share that secret with us. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I begin always by praising Almighty Allah and I send abundant salam on our beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I thank Almighty Allah for the blessings that he has bestowed upon us and I ask him to continue to bless each and every one of us. I mean, I think uh, the topic today in fact was suggested by you and I was very excited when you, talk, when you, when you mentioned or suggested that we talk about premature babies because it's a field uh, that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very specialized field, and it brings a lot of joy when the outcome is good. Because to get to sending a premature baby home, sometimes, you know, it's a very long, stormy road, stormy course, a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges, um, you know, a lot of tests for the, for the parents that they have to uh, go through, for the family for the friends, and for the healthcare workers like the doctors and the nurses. And it's actually a test of faith, you know, how much of faith and how much of tawakkar, how much of trust we put in Almighty Allah. And the the advice I always give the parents whenever I'm dealing with a premature baby is pray. You know, irrespective of their faith or their religion, I always tell them, you have to pray because it is only prayer that will get us through this. It's always a challenge when we're dealing with a premature baby and and I say it now, and I say it to all the mothers that I encounter with uh, when I'm dealing with a premature baby, is, is we have to put our total trust in Almighty God, in Almighty Allah, and we have to ask Him to help us go through this, because it is only through His power, mercy, and blessing that we will, you know, be able to send home a healthy baby. And absolutely, I, I absolutely. You know, Doc, I, I like like what you're saying because it's, uh, you you talk so much about Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and you know the people are there. And when a child is ushered into the dunya, 
it is sure, surely the miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, they say the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not like what they talk about uh, Diego Maradona, who's passed on now. They talk the hands of this, but it's not. Uh, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala literally and figuratively, you know, when a, Allah gives you the amana of a baby or a child is about to, bo- uh, to be born, irrespective of your faith, your faith gets even stronger in that creator and you promise him so many things like give me a healthy baby give me a powerful baby so that i will glorify thee forever and ever and here you take the opportunity of even uh, you know enhancing the faith or making them spiritually even more stronger doc alhamdulillah that is so true brother shafat the birth of a baby is always a miracle and whoever witnessed this, this miracle will understand you know and it is a way of bringing us closer to the realization of Almighty Allah's greatness. The birth of a baby is always associated with great joy, with great excitement, and with great expectations for everyone. The doctors, the nurses, the mother, the father who's sometimes present there, the grandparents who are anxiously awaiting outside the labor, uh, or labor suite to meet this, this new human being that, that they've been waiting for so long, you know, that nine months or, or the 40 weeks. So it, it's always, you know, a... a, a a celebration when a baby is born and an opportunity to thank Almighty Allah. And that brings us to our topic of premature babies. Like you correctly mentioned, you know, a full-term pregnancy or a normal pregnancy lasts about 40 weeks. And we define a premature birth or a preterm birth when it occurs before 37 weeks. Now, what's important to understand is, you know, if a baby is born before 37 weeks, they are defined as a premature baby, and the more premature they are, the more the risk of problems that they can encounter. The reason for that is because the final week that the baby spends in its mother's womb, it's very important for this baby to develop its vital organs, especially the lungs, you know, the maturity of the lungs, to help this baby to take its first few breaths and to continue to breathe after it's born. So that lung maturity is very, very important in the final few weeks. So, you know, from 36, 37, 38, 39 weeks of pregnancy, that's when those lungs are maturing and they they best um, developed to be able to cope with life outside the womb. Even the other organs like the heart and the brain and the gut. So that those last few weeks are very important. It's also an important time for the baby to gain weight, for the transfer of important vitamins, like vitamin D and iron that gets transferred from the mother to the baby in preparation for life outside the womb. Because once the cord is cut, then the nutrition stops coming from the mother. Now the baby has to cope for itself. So those last few weeks of the pregnancy is very important. And babies who are born prematurely, unfortunately, do not have the benefit of those last few weeks in the mother's womb when preparation is now being made for the delivery of the baby and for life outside the womb. And that obviously is associated then with complications because this baby's organs was not ready to take over. And, you know, the premature birth can be associated with breathing problems, especially because of immature lungs. And then every organ is still immature. So the heart is not yet fully matured. The brain is not fully matured. The gut is not matured. And each organ has its own problems that can arise. So when we have to deal with a premature baby, we have to support each and every organ of that baby until we can get that baby to, to, to cope fully on its own. And that's where the challenges come, and that's where 
you know, we, we pray to Almighty Allah to, to make this, this challenge easy for us because basically what we're doing is we're then replacing the womb, you know, artificially, basically. That incubator that you see the baby in, the drips, the fluids that go in. What we're trying to do is we're trying to simulate the womb and create an, uh, an, uh, an environment mm. as close as possible to the womb to support the baby and its organs until we can get it to reach maturity. So it becomes a great challenge the more premature the baby is. If you're looking at a 28-week or a 29-week, sometimes we deal with even smaller babies than that, 27-week, 26-week. Those babies are extremely immature. And what we have to do then is we have to try and, 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 and simulate the environment in the womb as close as possible. But it's not an easy task. It comes with a lot of challenges, and even for the parents also, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, like we mentioned that when a baby is born, it's such a joyous occasion for everyone. Uh, there's so much of bonding between mother and baby. There's so much of excitement when the mother casts her first glance at the baby, you see that joy in her eyes. You see that love pouring out of her eyes for her baby. When it's a premature baby, it's so different because immediately after the baby is born, the baby is you know, usually resuscitated. The baby has to be taken to an intensive care unit. The baby is placed in an incubator. Sometimes we have to use special machines like a ventilator to help this baby to breathe. So that moment and, and those moments of bonding, which usually happen when a baby is born at full term, the mom is deprived of all those important, you know, um, aspects of, 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 of the joy associated with giving birth. And then there's all the anxieties, you know, when the baby has complications, when the baby has problems with oxygenation, with blood pressure, uh, maintaining blood pressure, maintaining heart rate, feeding this immature gut. Because you know, remember those, those, those intestines that are not designed to be fed when they're so immature. So there's a lot of challenges and that, that places a lot of, uh, strain on the mom, the dad, the family, the grandparents, because, you know, when you hear that your small little baby is on a ventilator, it creates a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. And that is where our faith in Allah must come in always. And that's the message that I would like to convey to our listeners. If in the unfortunate event they are placed in a situation like that, it's very important to put our trust in the Almighty Allah and, and, and to pray, because it's, it's a very big challenge when we deal with a premature baby. And, you know, and just to give you some, some background statistics, about 15 million babies every year around the world are born too soon. When we say born too soon, we mean are born prematurely. That's about one in every 10 births. That's, that's a lot. And globally, what we're seeing is this number is rising. So more babies are being born prematurely every year. And, and, and a great number of them, unfortunately, don't actually survive. The statistics show that up to one million Babies born prematurely don't survive. So it's, it's a very delicate situation, you know, and we want every baby to survive and every baby to go home. Um, the next thing that we would ask is what causes, you know, a baby to be born prematurely? Why does a baby uh, be delivered before the 30, 37 weeks? And there are a couple of reasons that can cause that. Uh, one is if the mother's health is compromised in any way. For example, if the mother is diabetic or if the mother is hypertensive, uh, if the mother has an infection, those are triggers for premature labor and premature delivery. Um, other, other reasons are things like, you know, if there's a multiple pregnancy, so if the mother is carrying uh, twins or triplets, that is the cause for premature birth as well. 
sometimes the cause is unknown. You know, the mother just goes into spontaneous labor much earlier than we would expect, and the baby is just delivered. And there are ways to try and suppress preterm labor. There are ways to try and stop it. And we try to do that because the best place for a baby before 37 weeks is the womb. There is no place like that. It's, Allah has created such a perfect environment for this baby in the womb. The temperature is perfect. The humidity is perfect. The, the, the oxygenation, the, the nutritional aspect of this baby, everything is taken care of in, in such a precise, immaculate and perfect manner by Almighty Allah. So the best place for the baby before 37 weeks is the mother's womb. There is no place like that. But like I mentioned, there are certain reasons why these babies will be delivered before 37 weeks. And like I mentioned as well, what we try to do when we look after these premature babies is we try to create an environment as close as possible to the womb. Mm. Unfortunately, we can't replicate the womb because that is, that is Allah's miracle. Uh, you know, so, so we, try to, we try to get as close to that. And alhamdulillah, with the, with the help of Almighty Allah, we, 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 do, we do get a great amount of success when we deal with premature babies. And it brings, it brings immense joy. You know, when we send home a baby that was born prematurely, because the people that go through it, especially the parents, they know what they go through each day, you know. And I always tell the parents when it's a premature baby, we don't take it one week at a time or one day at a time. We take it one hour at a time because they're so fragile, especially the tiny little ones. They're so delicate and there's so many things that can go wrong, you know. So when we actually send them home, it's, it's, it's a great, great joy. And and, 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 and and an occasion to thank Allah for for his help and his mercy in this situation. I can tell you, Doc, I can hear that joy in your in, in your voice when you say, you know, when we send them home and, you know, what a, uh, I mean, what a drama and what a, you know, a, a, a very testing time to go through. And I mean, uh, listeners, uh, you can send in your questions on 0847863132. Lucaro uh, will take them down and put it on my screen. I'll be asking a uh, dog these questions after the first break. But inshallah, send in your questions on a premature babies. Uh, and our uh, pediatrician, uh, Dr. Ridwan Umar, will answer them. 0847863132. You know, Doc, while you're talking, I was thinking what kinds of health problems uh, perhaps a premature baby can have. Uh, they can be anemic or, you know, maybe breathing problem but uh, you know the newborn baby or a premature baby how often are they susceptible to jaundice so that's a good question brother Shafat. a premature baby is prone to to many many problems the commonest problem that a premature baby has especially in the first 72 hours of life is breathing problems because of those immature lungs because the lungs only actually start maturing after around 36 weeks of age when they when they actually develop enough to be able to cope between 36 to 37 weeks. Before that, those lungs are too immature and there's a risk that the baby will struggle to breathe at birth. Um, and, and, and they often might either require oxygen or a ventilator, depending on how, how immature those lungs are. Um, other complications will include, which is very common after the breathing, the next big problem that we encounter is, is the gut. So I'm talking about the gastrointestinal system where feeding the baby becomes a huge challenge because these baby's guts are so immature, it's not yet ready to handle the feeding um, and the milk that we put in there. So it's, a, it's always a tricky situation about how we balance what the baby needs to grow, you know, food basically, milk to grow and nutrition to grow versus 
you know, how we don't compromise that gut and overstrain that gut, which is so immature. And then the third biggest problem that we have after that would be jaundice. Jaundice is very common in babies. It's common in term babies as well. Up to 50%, so almost half of term babies, when we say term babies, we mean babies born at around 40, 39 plus weeks, um, will have jaundice. So half of them will have jaundice, but not all of them will require treatment. So babies can turn a little yellow. That's what we refer to when they jaundice. They look a little yellow. Either their, their eyes, the white part of the eye looks yellow, or the skin might look a little yellow. So almost half of them will become jaundice, but not all of them will require treatment. Most of them, it will just go away on its own. It's very mild jaundice, and it's because of liver immaturity, or sometimes it's because of the breast milk itself, but that doesn't require any treatment, and it clears up. In premature babies, up to 80% of them will experience jaundice. And there too, not all of them will require treatment, but it requires close monitoring because a much greater proportion of the preterm babies will require treatment for their jaundice. So we've got to keep an eye on it. So whenever we have a preterm baby that's just born, our first priority is to get the breathing uh, sorted out and to manage the baby's oxygenation. Whatever means we have at our disposal, we use that to make sure we deliver enough oxygen into these baby's lungs so that the baby can breathe and, and support its vital organs and functioning. The next challenge is the gut, and the third one is the jaundice. Now, jaundice is not always a problem, and it's not always something that, that requires treatment uh, from a medical point of view. And I often tell the parents that if it's mild jaundice, doesn't require any treatment. Uh, you know, it can be managed at home, just regular feeding, and that, that's all the baby really needs. There are cases where the jaundice level can, uh, uh, can become extremely high, and that can become a big problem for the baby because if the jaundice is very high, the things we get concerned about are basically two things. One is it can affect the breathing and cause permanent brain damage, and two is it can affect the baby's hearing and it can cause permanent damage to the baby's hearing. So if the baby is jaundice, it's always good to get a doctor to have a look at the baby we do, and then the doctor will decide basically whether the baby needs a jaundice test or not. We check the level. If the level is okay, doctor will tell you, don't worry, go home. Uh, you know, just continue breastfeeding. Uh, give the baby indirect sunshine. You know, you can sit by the window when you're doing breastfeeding. So the baby gets indirect light. It helps to keep it under control. If the level comes back high, then we have to obviously treat the baby and we use special ultraviolet light, which works quite well. And that, that, that sorts the problem out in the majority of babies. So it is a common problem, more common in premature babies, but it doesn't always require medical treatment. What's important is to monitor it and see which ones need treatment so we can detect those ones early and treat them before we reach, you know, toxic levels where, where the, the jaundice levels go so high that it can cause complications. But shukran alhamdulillah, with close monitoring, um, you know, in my own personal experience, we, I haven't really had that problem, uh, but but it's important for parents to be aware of of, of, of jaundice and just knowing that it's it's mild in most cases and requires treatment only in some cases. Absolutely, Doc. We have about two minutes to go before the break, but uh, you know, I'm just thinking aloud here. Do premature babies have a problem later in life? Perhaps you know, behavioral and uh, and, and social emotional problems. Do they have that, especially you know, premature babies? 
So the more premature a baby is, the greater the risk of them having neurodevelopmental problems, which is basically what you were referring to. So simple things like they might have a delay in, their, in, in attaining their milestones, like learning how to sit or crawl or walk or talk. So those are the milestones. It might be a little delayed because of their prematurity as, 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 the, as the result of extreme immaturity. They can have developmental delay. Later on, they can have learning disabilities in school. They might require you know, special help in school, special education or remedial classes. Not all of them, though. It's not, a, it's not like a rule. Every premature baby will have this problem. I mean, you get some babies born at 600 grams or 700 grams which are so immature, they're so tiny, extremely low birth weight babies. But alhamdulillah, they have completely normal neurology. And I get amazed at some of the results from these extremely immature babies. I mean, they're actually advanced for the age. But yes, there are those type of risks that, that, that we have to be aware of whenever we encounter preterm birth. Those children are at high risk of, of having problems like ADHD, you know, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorders, behavioral problems, you know, there's, so there's, there's Lots of problems that they can have as they, as they grow, and, and it's something that we need to be aware of as well. And that's something that we follow up and we, 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 we keep monitoring as these, as these children grow. You know, so if we, if we need to help them, we pick it up early, like in the form of offering them speech and language therapy, occupational therapy. If they need these forms of, of, of health care and help, then we can offer it to them at an early stage so we get the best outcome. Amla, I can see some uh, questions lining up on the screen. Then, inshallah, we'll go for a quick break. And when we get back, uh, I'll be posing those questions to our learned doctor. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. 8.33 Central African Time. And uh, your show is our medical files in consultation with Dr. Ridwan Umar, our pediatrician. And that baby there, that baby has very strong lungs. Yes, as Doc says. Yeah, that child developed such a strong lung and beautiful voice and rendering the beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What a beautiful sound when they grow up to be such powerful kids. Yes, sir, Doc, I'm looking at the questions that are coming through. Anonymous says, uh, Assalamu alaikum. What is the youngest age a premature baby can be born and survive? Premature babies occur in my family. I'm kind of afraid with my first pregnancy now. Doctor, Make a sister give her some nasiha. That's an excellent question. You know, we call it in medical terms uh, the the uh, when is a fetus viable? That's how we would basically summarize this sister's question or anonymous question uh, in in medical terms. Now it depends on which country this baby is born in. So if a baby is born in Sweden, their definition of a viable birth is anything about 22 weeks, which is extremely immature. Uh, because, and I'm using this example, is because in Sweden, the level of neonatal intensive care and their, their expertise is, is one of the most advanced in the world. So they are happy to actually look after babies born anytime from 22 gestational weeks onwards. That's, that's basically just over four months of pregnancy. I mean... That, that is extremely immature. In, in a country like the United States or the United Kingdom, their, 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 their definition of a viable preterm birth is, is around 24 weeks. In South Africa, we consider um, a, a, a birth of a baby viable or a baby viable from anything above 
26, 27 weeks. So it all depends on the level of expertise, experience, and resources that are available. If you choose to look at a, at, at a, at a, at a nation or a country that's less as fortunate than, than other developed nations, like when I was giving you the example of the Swedes or the, the Americans or the British who are very advanced, who have unlimited access to resources, you know, a country like Burkina Faso or the Democratic Republic of Congo, you know, their, their, their viability will be, uh, will be much, much um, later than, than, than other countries. We are blessed in South Africa that we can, in, in the private sector, you know, we can deal with babies as small as 24 weeks. Alhamdulillah. That is, that is a great blessing that, that in this country where there is so much of poverty and so much of, of, of limited resources in our public sector, but in the private sector, we can, we can actually look after babies born as young as 24 weeks. But we must remember that that comes with, with great risk. You know, there's a lot of problems that can occur immediately, like with breathing, with the heart, with the lungs, with the gut, with the liver, the jaundice, all those issues. And then later on as well, like we mentioned earlier on with PD, I mean with learning disabilities and all those things. So anything in South Africa, the definition of a viable birth is 26, uh, 26 weeks. But in other countries, they go much lower than that, depending on their level of experience, expertise, their resources, the level of nursing care. You must remember these babies are... And basically, the doctor spends a limited amount of time in the morning, maybe 10, 15 minutes, and then again in the evening. It's the nurses who are there 24 hours a day. You know, there's one nurse allocated to this baby to look after this baby. So the level of the nursing care and the level of the nurses' skills are extremely important as well when, when you look at when a baby is viable. So, yeah, I hope that answers the, the question. Now, mashallah, nice and comprehensive there. Naima asks, she says, is a premature, a premature baby in pain? At yeah, well, there is no Asha, pain. Some fantastic questions coming through, prematurely, But a premature birth is associated with a lot of procedures. You know, we have to put a drip on the baby. Um, we have to sometimes put a special liquid into the baby's lungs called surfactant to help mature the lungs. So to deliver that into the lung, it requires a procedure called an intubation, which is a painful procedure. Then obviously we have to monitor the baby's sugar levels constantly because they're prone to low blood sugar levels. So poking that baby every time, that causes pain. So all these different procedures that are required that are essential to maintain and support this baby's organs and this baby's life is associated with pain. But we are aware of that, and we try to take every necessary precaution to minimize the pain, to reduce the pain, and we even give these babies pain medication to help reduce the pain. So they undergo procedures that are painful, like injections as well. They require antibiotics. They require um, all sorts of injections to also support and maintain their organs. And, and that is associated with pain. The other forms of discomfort that, that preterm babies are very sensitive to is noise. So it's very important in a neonatal intensive care unit to limit the amount of noise, the amount of talking, and that's why visitors are restricted in that unit. The amount of light that this baby is exposed to is also a problem because you must remember this baby was meant to be in the womb. And like I mentioned earlier, we try to simulate the environment in the womb. So the, in the womb, it was dark all the time. When this baby is delivered, 
You don't want to have an environment where it's constant bright light shining into this baby's eyes because that will hamper this baby's growth and development and that. So, there. So these are all the factors, some of the factors that we have to take into account when we look after this premature baby. I'm making a lot of sense this evening, uh, Dr. Ridwan Umar. Uh, Hafsa Parker says, Assalamu alaikum. I'm tuned in uh, from the CARP. Uh, we get very happy when uh, Dr. Ridwan comes on. What is the earliest sign uh, to the mother that a baby will be premature, Doctor? There's no sign to the mother per se that this will be a premature delivery or a premature birth, except that if she starts feeling labor pain, well before 37 weeks or any time before 37 weeks and when she's seen by her doctor and if her doctor tells her that now she's in labor. So that's, that's the only sign that she will get um, or if she has a show, you know, where they, they, they discharge uh, like a mucus type of, of a secretion called a show um, that usually tells them that now the process of labor has begun. If it happens before 37 weeks, so if she feels pain, if she feels bleeding, if she has a, sh- if she has a show, and if she's having contractions before 37 weeks, then those are signs that an impending delivery is possible, you know, a premature birth. But earlier than that, or at any other time, there's nothing that will tell you that, that you're going to have a premature baby. Um, it's, it's only if it happens at the time that, that she knows or she'll know that she's at risk. Of delivering okay. okay, you're looking at half of this. This is a question. It says, Assalamu alaikum, Shafat and Dr. Ridwan. Allah Azawajal reward the both of you. I want to know does all the tests and scans interfere with the new fetus and can it lend, uh, lend to a premature birth? Doc? If the brother is talking about an ultrasound, there's no harm with an ultrasound to the, to the developing fetus in the womb. Uh, because there's, there's no radiation. But if the mother has to undergo an MRI scan or a CT scan or an X-ray, now those procedures have a risk of radi- I mean, there's radiation. And radiation at any point in anyone's life is not a good thing. But sometimes, you know, because of circumstances and because of health reasons or complications, the patient has to undergo a brain scan. If we're suspecting a brain tumor or something like that, you know, the only way you confirm it is the brain scan. But yes, there is a risk of radiation, and radiation at any point of our lives is not good. But we try to minimize the amount of radiation that this baby in the womb called the fetus is exposed to. And the doctor would only really order an investigation like an MRI or a CT scan of that mother if it is considered absolutely essential and in the mother's best interest. So what's important to know is until the baby is born, the mother's life always takes priority. Uh, you know, in, and if in any way the mother's life is compromised, we always put the mother's life first because she's alive and she's there. So if we think that a procedure will be beneficial to save this mother's life, then, and, they, and we know there's a risk, we obviously will counsel the parents and explain to them that, look, an MRI scan or a CT scan is essential because this is the problem that the mother has and we need to resolve it to restore her health. But there is a risk to the developing baby. Generally, these risks are minimal. There's, there's one procedure that comes to mind that is associated with a much bigger risk than a scan called an amniocentesis. So sometimes, you know, if there's a history of previous stillbirths or previous miscarriages or if during the routine scans of this baby, but the routine ultrasound scan, 
and that must be made very clear, doesn't pose a risk to the baby or cause any problem with regards to the uh, the pregnancy or the baby itself. The ultrasound that, that they do, because there's no radiation there, that just uses uh, waves, you know, wavelengths to, to, to determine uh, whatever we're looking for. So this procedure called an amniocentesis is where they, 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 they take out fluid from the amniotic cavity, which is inside. It's the, it's the sac that the baby is developing in. So you've got your baby, there's a whole lot of water that the baby swims in, and that water is, is closed in a case called an amniotic sac. So sometimes when we want to make a diagnosis before the baby is born, because let's say a previous baby had some genetic condition or some genetic disease, and you want to know whether this baby has it, because it is possible to diagnose it antenatally before the baby is born, that requires a procedure called an amniocentesis. And that one there is, is, is associated with the risk of preterm birth. So many listeners might have been already be, be aware of this, and they might have been offered it at some point, but usually the obstetrician or the gynecologist will make it very clear to the parents that, look, we can diagnose this condition in your developing baby, but this procedure has a lot of risks, and the biggest one would be a preterm birth. So they would explain all the pros and the cons, and, and, and a lot of times from my own experience, parents, after hearing about the risks associated with this procedure, would decline to do it, and they are under no pressure to do it. But the routine ultrasound scans that the babies, the mothers undergo through to monitor the babies, carry no risk uh, for a preterm birth. Uh, looking at uh, Mrs. Arby's uh, question uh, from uh, Durban, uh, she says, Assalamu alaikum, Jazakallah Shafa'at and Dr. Ridwan Umar for great radio. What are the biggest risks uh, to the premature baby the moment it's born, doctor? The moment it's born, it's the breathing. That's the biggest problem that all premature babies face. And in fact, that's the biggest risk that we are worried about as soon as the baby is born. Because we must remember that oxygen is essential to support our organs and to support life. And the way our body delivers oxygen to our organs is through the lungs. Now, if we cannot get oxygen into all our organs, and we remember every minute cell in our body, and there's, there's trillions of cells in our body, each and every one of them requires that oxygen to be delivered to it. The only way it's going to get there is if you've got a lung, because the lung is responsible for, for, for getting the oxygen, and for mixing it into the blood, and then that, that blood goes to the heart, and the heart pumps that blood to the entire body to oxygenate it. That's one of the important molecules that the body needs to survive. So our biggest concern when the baby is born is the feeding. You know, we don't worry about the feeding, we don't worry about the jaundice, we just worry about the breathing. That's the biggest problem. And premature babies have, have, have immature lungs. There's a lot of medical reasons for that, but it's all high-tech stuff. But the bottom line is the lungs actually start developing after 34 weeks. So, you know, any baby born before 37 weeks is at risk of having breathing difficulties. And the more immature the lung is, the greater the risk of this baby having breathing problems. And once we have a breathing problem, you see, if the risk of that is if you cannot deliver oxygen to every cell in the body, and our cell is microscopic, kind of a seed with your eye, right? If you cannot deliver oxygen, then you get organ dysfunction, which means the organs don't work. And if the organs don't work, then it's incompatible with life. 
So oxygenation of the baby is our primary concern when the baby is born. We need to get oxygen into the baby, and we need to support those lungs so the lungs can do it. Sometimes the baby can do it on its own. Sometimes the babies need oxygen. Sometimes they need, you know, nasal prong oxygen. Sometimes they need ventilation, which is artificial uh, machine to breathe for the baby while the lungs mature outside the womb. Because after the baby is born, the lungs still continue to grow and mature. But the difference here is once the baby is born, there's no placenta to supply the baby with oxygen while those lungs are growing. So here, now we've got a baby who's not getting oxygen anymore from his mother. We have to supply the oxygen and we have to allow the lungs to grow. So that's the biggest challenge initially. But alhamdulillah, with modern medical uh, advances, it, it, it's very, uh, very manageable. It's a very manageable condition. And then we use a liquid substance called surfactant, which helps to mature those lungs. And it actually starts working almost immediately. So we deliver a special liquid into the lungs of the preterm baby. And, and, and within minutes, it actually starts maturing those lungs. And it's amazing. Within 30 minutes, you see a baby who was battling to breathe, who couldn't get oxygen into their body. And within, within 30 minutes, you can see a result in some of those babies. So it, it's actually quite amazing how, how, how quickly these babies can actually respond to the forms of treatment. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, Doc, you're giving us the shivers and shakes, and then you're giving us <laughs> the subhanallah moments also. Allah bless you for that. You know, it just can't, you, you can't just stop glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every aspect of our lives. And especially, you know, when the baby comes, and you know, uh, generally most babies will cry when they're born. I mean, a normal baby when it's born. And, you know, I think the doctors get happy when the baby starts crying. They say, oh, that's a healthy baby. Cry, baby, cry, uh, Doc. Alhamdulillah, that is so true, you know. The biggest relief for the doctor when the baby is born is to hear that baby cry because then we know everything is fine. That cry tells us so much about so many things in that baby's in that baby's body. You know, it tells us this baby can breathe, this baby can put oxygen into its lungs, this baby's brain is working well, this baby's got enough enough power to generate a cry. You know, so muscles. Mm. It, it tells you so much about this baby, and yes, the cry is a relief for. For everybody there, you know, the doctor, the mother, the smile and the joy. That you At no other time does crying bring joy and smile to people's faces than when a baby is born. <laughs> Absolutely, Doc. That's our subhanallah moment on Marcus Sahaba this evening. Shakira says, Assalamu alaikum. The program is so informative. Jazakallah for bringing it to us. I want to know, do premature babies ever have to be delivered via cesarean section, doctor? Yes, quite often they need to be delivered by cesarean section. A premature birth is always an emergency. It's never ever something that's considered to be normal. So we always say a premature birth is an emergency. Whether the baby is born through the normal birth canal or whether the baby is delivered by a cesarean section, it's always an emergency. If the baby is born by a cesarean section prematurely, then it means that either the life of the mother was being compromised or the baby's life, what we call the fetus in the womb, was being compromised. And if there was any compromise, then obviously the, the, the obstetrician in the interest of the mother and in the interest of the baby would sometimes decide to do an, an emergency cesarean section in a premature baby, a premature pregnancy, to deliver the baby to save the mother and to save the baby. So, and a cesarean section done prematurely is 
is almost always an emergency. Otherwise, there's no reason to deliver a baby prematurely by cesarean section. Like I mentioned earlier in the program, some mothers go into what we call unexplained preterm labor or spontaneous preterm labor. No apparent cause, no medical explanation for it. And I always tell parents, that is, that is the will of Almighty Allah. You know, if it's a non-Muslim, I say, that is God's decree. You know, there was some reason that Almighty Allah decided that this baby must come out now. Because he is the one ultimately who decides that with all the medical advances and all the medical technologies that we can use to try and suppress labor and stop the labor, sometimes, you know, they'll put a stitch to close up the service to try and keep the baby in. And, and nothing works. Despite all that, the baby will still pass through because that is the will of Almighty Allah. So if it happens spontaneously through the normal birth canal, then it is still an emergency because it is not normal for a baby to be born prematurely. But if it's a cesarean section, it's always an emergency. Absolutely, Dr. Mr. Muhammad from Durban Beachfront texts. He says, Assalamu alaikum to you, the versatile Shafaat and the charismatic pediatrician, Dr. Ridwan Umar. You both blend for perfect radio rapport. Keep it up and Allah Ta'ala bless you both abundantly. And not forgetting um, our super Mufti A.K. Hussain. My question is, and mark for the long introduction, what are the risks to the mothers or to the mother when a baby is born prematurely, Doctor? When a baby is born prematurely, there's no physical risk to the mother, but there's a lot of psychological complications that the mother goes through. Number one is the anxiety, because a premature birth, like I mentioned, is always an emergency. So it mean, an emergency means that there is a threat to life and a threat to health. So obviously, if the mother had to deliver prematurely, it was either because her life was in jeopardy or being threatened, or her baby. So there's a lot of anxiety with regards to her health. For example, there's a very common condition called preeclampsia, which is hypertension in pregnancy. Extremely common, especially in South Africa. In fact, we're one of the highest uh, rates of uh, pregnancy-induced hypertension in the world. And that can complicate where it's... I mean, you know, in, before we used to hear about it more than now, but mothers dying in labor, mothers dying due to pregnancy-related complications, the commonest would be uh, hypertension-related causes. Sometimes if the pregnancy is complicated because of severe hypertension and there's ways the doctors can use to determine how, how complicated this hypertension is, they would decide to save the mother's life because, I mean, that hypertension in pregnancy can become so severe that it can cost the mother her life. So at some point, the doctor might decide, you know what, in the interest of saving this mother's life, we need to terminate the pregnancy and deliver the baby. So in that case, you're saving the mother's life. Obviously, she might need an emergency seizure. So there's, there's the risk of, of obviously, with anesthetic, with, a, with surgery, there's, there's all those anesthetic complications that can occur. There's surgical complications like infection and embolism and all those things, which are physical risks to the mother. But if everything goes well and the baby is delivered, then it's, it's what the mother has to go through mentally, emotionally, because you must remember, like we mentioned in the program, the birth of a baby is a very joyous occasion. And when the premature baby is born, it's the complete opposite. There's fear in the mother's heart. You know, is, is my baby going to be okay? Is my baby breathing? Is my, baby, is my baby's heart beating? Is my baby's blood pressure okay? You know, the thing is that everybody else would take for granted when they see their newborn baby. This mother would worry every minute. 
because all those things are at risk of going wrong when the premature baby is born. And depending how premature the baby is, I mean, I, in my own experience, I've had premature babies that have to stay in an intensive care unit for up to three months. You know, that's a very, very long time. And it's, it's, it's that separation, because the mom obviously is not with her baby all the time. Her baby is connected to tubes and machines and drips, so she doesn't have that opportunity to hold her baby. And sometimes I would hear the mother say, I just want to hold my baby, and this is like a month mm. after she delivered her baby, you know? So I think that is the biggest problem that the mothers go through. Is it's all these, these tests that they go through, you know, which we would otherwise take for granted. I mean, if you have a full-term pregnancy, you have a natural birth, the first thing we do is take the baby and put it in the mother's arms and tell her, hold your baby, put the baby to the breast, you know, immediately after birth. And she would sit and admire her baby and hold and cuddle her baby. But the preterm baby, all these things, the mother is deprived of. So it's very important to take that into account. And even those of us who are supporting these mothers, whether we are, uh, you know, as doctors or family people um, or, or some, some hospitals. In fact, I have one listener I have to mention. He's a, he's a friend of mine from Chicago that, 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 um, that, that got in touch with me yesterday. He's a Muslim in, in the United Kingdom. And he started chatting to me yesterday, and somehow he managed to get my number. And he messaged me earlier this evening on the program to tell me that he's actually listening to our program. So he's an imam in, in, in one of the, the world's best pediatric hospitals called the Great Ormond Street Hospital in, the, in London. So he's been appointed. They call it an imam there. Then yesterday, in fact, the Mufisa, he's a Mufi from the Pingo, mashallah. He's doing very well, doing great work in the United Kingdom. And... Uh, in fact, he's listening to our program. He messaged me, Brother Shafat, just now to tell me. He's really enjoying the program, and he's taking notes. So he works with the parents, with Muslim parents who are faced with all these challenges. So they have a system over there where the hospital has, uh, for each religion, where they, for, like for Muslims, they call it the imam. So the imam will provide all the spiritual and religious services and support for the parents. Whether it's counseling with the, for the premature baby, supporting the parents during the difficult time, giving them the Islamic aspects of, of how to cope with this period, because it's very important to support them during the time. Dealing with, right. uh, you know, terminal care issues, end-of-life issues, switching off the ventilator issues, which are things we face with. So, you know, those are the big problems that these parents actually face with, rather than physical complications with a premature baby. Absolutely. Doc, you know, I, I'm looking at my crystal ball, yeah? How you move yeah. to Siraj there in the UK? Jazakallah khaira for keeping us abreast and Allah keep you always, you know, it was such a pleasure having him in his, his finger also. Yes, uh, let's make the last question. We have about two minutes to go. Anonymous from La Messi says, Assalamu alaikum to studio team and uh, brothers. Uh, can a premature baby drink a breast milk or not, uh, doctor? Absolutely. In fact, the milk of choice for a preterm baby is breast milk. We are so, 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 so Tricked about it, in, especially in the unit I work in, the Native Intensive Care Unit, where I insist that preterm babies must only get breast milk. There is absolutely nothing like human milk for that premature gut because that gut is immature. It, it's at high risk of a lot of complications. It wasn't designed to be fed at 38 weeks or 30 weeks or 32 weeks. And remember, this, that baby was meant to be in the womb, and the gut wasn't meant to be challenged with feeding. But now, since the baby is born, you've got to feed it, and the breast milk. And there's a lot of studies, a lot of research to show all the advantages of feeding the baby human milk 
and, and the disadvantages of using formula. So it's extremely important that a premature baby be fed exclusive breast milk. Tell you, Dr. Ridwan Umar, pediatrician, absolutely brilliant this evening. And uh, your parting words before I let you go? Uh, as always, I praise and I thank Almighty Allah for all His blessings on us and ask Him to guide us, to help us, especially when we're dealing with premature babies. It's a great challenge, you know, for all of us and we put our trust in Him and we ask Him to, to always guide us in managing them. Um, it brings us a lot of joy to to be able to, 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 to give them to their parents, to take hope. So Allah must continue to give us the ability, the strength, the knowledge, and the wisdom to look after these babies. And Allah must make it easy for all those parents around the world who are currently, uh, or who currently have babies in, in an intensive care unit as a result of prematurity. Allah Ta'ala give them the strength to cope with it, and Allah Ta'ala give their babies, babies complete shifa. Amen. Amina, so Amina, doctor, always a pleasure having you. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this uh, very loudly on air. We are one. I mean, I, I just feel it. We are one team. And it's like, you know, you have to be with me. And, you know, you bat so brilliantly on uh, the platforms of Marcus Sahaba. And keep on uh, spreading the love and the spirit. And Allah keep you, uh, you know, Allah, Allah keep you, uh, you there. And may you serve the, you know, the Ummah and also... Those are people that are around you for many years to come, Doctor. Amin, Amin. Jazakallah khair and Allah. Bless you, Brother Shafat. It's always a pleasure talking to you. You're also doing excellent work. I always follow the type of programs you do and the work you're doing. May Allah Ta'ala bless you. May Allah reward you. And may Allah Ta'ala grant you the best of this dunya and akhirah and our listeners as well. Amin. So, Amin. Our duas are reciprocal also, uh, Doctor. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yeah, and to all of you that are sending uh, questions, a uh, big jazakallah khaira to you, you and you. It is uh, your interaction that really adds a flavor to the program. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan. And when we get back, uh, Pertinence of Punctuated will be joining you. We'll be kicking off with the Sheikh Maida when we'll be listening to a clip on attitude. Uh, the attitude of gratitude and Molana Salim Karim will be giving us a history and looking at those that made a difference in the house of Islam. Time to go for the Isha Azan.